85 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host Sixten Funquist. And Sixten, once again, we've uh, struggled to put out episodes as regularly as we would like, but uh, you were on vacation up north. I, I was. How was that? I was uh, snowy, and it was uh, great. It was really good. When we arrived, it was like 40 centimeters of snow. But Wow, still, really? You know, yeah, yeah, but still uh, above freezing, so it kind of melted away while we were there. But we had... I was really good, just up there relaxing a bit, not working too much. So it was uh, well needed, I think. Nice. Well, that's good. What, what have you been up to? You went to the Sabaton concert. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, they performed here in uh, Inland Shopping. It was supposed to be, you know, last year, but with the pandemic and everything. So it was delayed at twice or three times, can't remember. But yeah, finally got to see them at a uh, concert in Congress, which was uh, a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was a great concert. That's awesome. Uh, just I, yesterday, I literally just broke into uh, broke in the uh, new album. Oh, nice! And it's it's re- well, I wouldn't say it's really good through and through, but it's it's a good one. And I re- there are some really really good songs on it. Yeah, I really like the, the first one, the Stormtroopers one, and the Lady of the Darks. Oh, they're yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But uh, let's get to some hockey. And Sixten, I wanted to bring up something that we talked about on our previous episode, which was related to the Oscar Shamrogla series. And I believe they were, uh, Rogla was up two to one at that time. And you had said Rogla was going to win all the remaining games. And I said Oscar Sham was going to push him to game seven. And what ended up happening? Yes, that's right. Oscar Sham took Rogla to Game Seven. Unfortunately for Oscar Sham, Rogla did win in in seven games. But uh, I mean, wow, what a, what an effort by Oscar Sham! Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed about with how they kind of how do they conducted their whole playoffs. Really, they just went at it. I, we talked about it, like you said in the last episode, how they kind of don't care about anyone else, and they played. Yeah, they played to every strength they had, and in the end, they they couldn't quite finish Rogla off. But but all credit to Oscar Sam. I think they over outperformed any expectations there were there, there ever was on them this season, and uh, a thorough success uh, their 2021-22 campaign really. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, even though they did obviously lose in the quarterfinals, they have to consider the the playoff run an absolute success. Uh, you know pushing the top team of the regular season to uh, to game seven in the quarterfinals. And I mean, it was, you know, it, they were one of those teams that came in and they really had had nothing to lose. And I mean, all the pressure was on Rogla uh, in that series because obviously they were one of the favorites to win it all. So uh, Oscar Sham really, uh, really turning some heads and in, impressing a lot of people with their performance there. And uh, hopefully they can just kind of work on that and get better next season. Yeah, um, I'm not too impressed with regular their playoffs. Only the the the, the final game against Oscar Sam they kind of showed what they're capable of, and we're gonna get into the semifinals, obviously. But I'm not that imp- that impressed. I think they've kind of lost an edge uh, to their game since the end of the regular. Well, actually, uh, since the last few games of the regular season, so uh, they're in trouble. Yeah, uh, I don't really know what's going on with Rogla. Like you said, um, didn't really see the, the the regular season team from from Rogla, and I mean, especially in this series against Faryastad, their their top guys have been almost invisible on the ice. Like it's, uh, I, I'm not too sure what's going on. But one of the bright spots for uh, Rogla, though, is that uh, Christopher Refalk is is playing very well between the pipes. Yeah, he's been. Uh... 
He's been he's one been of coming the reasons, to his own here. I'm, he's been one of the reasons that they they they've been close in in, in these games so far. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> For sure. Um, I think I don't think they'll. Well, my track record of kind of predicting stuff now is way off, but but I think um, I don't think they'll take Ferrystad down. Ferrystad are looking heavier, faster, more 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 in you know in sync, if you will, and uh, they kind of found found everything under Thomas Mittel, and they're just moving it so fast their transition play is beyond anything with the Nygaard up up front and other really fast players as well but Nygaard uh, first and foremost I think I think we said it all uh, earlier uh, or maybe in the last episode that they're they're an outsider to win it all and now they're to me they're they're clear-cut favorites really yeah and I mean you've seen it against Robla their fast breaks up the ice have created so many good chances and and have created a couple of goals as well there's a a goal scored in, in game two that was an absolute beautiful kind of tic-tac-toe on the fast rush with, uh, I believe it was Per Aslund doing a nice yeah. little spinning backhanded pass right to um, uh, Gustav Riedahl, who finished it off just for a tap home. And uh, yeah, Faryastad is definitely uh, definitely pulling it together at the right time here in the postseason. Per Aslund is uh, underrated and really fast player because he, he, he doesn't, whenever he moves, it might not look as fast, but he and um, Donald Wieck stand. They're both they're big guys, but they're moving really quickly. So they first had got speed. <laughs> sorry, um, pretty much everywhere in the in their you know on the four offensive lines. Maybe not all players, but quite a few of them. And I think that I think that Rugla has kind of maybe not underestimated underestimated them, but I think they've been overpowered in terms of speed, really. Yeah, and I think. Um... I don't know, maybe Rogla came into this postseason, you know, thinking, hey, it's our year. This is this is the year we're going to yeah. finally win it and and maybe kind of overestimated and got a little bit too too confidence. And I mean, they had every reason to be uh, confident in their play. But uh, we, we like I said, we just we haven't seen the regular season of Rogla uh, this postseason so far in really any game, in my opinion. Oh. Um. And like I said, their 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 top uh, guys just, are kind of just not being their top guys right now. I mean, if you look at the statistics page uh, for for points in the postseason, they've got uh, Daniel Zar is eleventh with eight points in ten games. Valtteri Kimalainen is uh, in thirteenth with eight points. And other than that, I mean, you don't have a lot of the regular guys popping up as uh, as big point getters, especially the big guys like Tambellini. No. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, um, honestly, they might not, might not know either, which is why they're in a bit of a pickle right now. But, I mean, looking at, like you said, Tambellini, sorry, uh, he's got, well, he's got two goals in, in eight games, but and, and six points. I mean, he's only played eight games, but then Azar has three goals. Their best goal scorer is Anton Bengtsson. He has four goals. And Ludwig Larsson has four goals as well. And Anton Bengtsson obviously has, you know, a bit of an neck for scoring, but but you need more from the big guys. You can't have you can't have uh, Leon Breeset. Well, obviously he's been injured, so that's uh, that's. But you, I think they're missing Leon Breeset quite a lot because he's a dynamo. And whatever, whenever he's on on fire is the wrong word, but you know, when he when whenever he's feeling it, the whole team kind of feels it. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're then, in I mean, a bit, bit of a pickle. You look at the other other end of the ice, and Faryastad uh, Per Aslan is second overall in points for the postseason with 11. Um, you got Gustav Riedel with nine, Theodore Lenstrom with nine, Joachim Nygaard with nine. So they, they've got their top guys working right now, and, and uh, I think that's the difference in this series so far. And Faryastad, what kind of impresses me the most right now with them is how they've clammed up their D, really. Um, they're looking... You know, they're not the Fort Knox, if you will, but they look more, like I said, instinct. They they defend as a five-man unit all the time now, and there's barely any gaps. Their their gap control is really good, and they're kind of slowing Rugla down from time to time, which is, you know, they're taking away that edge and kind of using the, the Rugla's own weapons against them. And I got to praise Adam Meaning here because he's had one hell of a turnaround on his season since Thomas Mittel came came along and he's been playing a lot well in the past two games he's, he's had 1908 and 1634 minutes uh, he actually scored last time around but he's been above 23 minutes twice above 20 minutes three times and he's actually averaging around 18 minutes four seconds in the playoffs which is uh, uh 15 seconds more than he had in the regular season so he's you know he's getting ice time and he's really making the most of it wow yeah that's uh that obviously is uh getting a little bit more trust in his play from thomas mattel there for but, sure um, like, like you said uh with Faristad playing really shut down defense i mean a perfect example of that is in uh is in game two where they ouch where they only allowed 17 shots on net from rogla um but on the other side of the ice they also tallied 37 of their own which also kind of goes back to what i was saying about refalk's play refalk only yeah. giving up two goals on those 37 shots even though four stat was just all over them from the start of that game right until the end uh the, the final buzzer but uh uh yeah so yeah like we said four stat just uh you're doing everything right right now yeah and we kind of i keep coming back to their d man because matthias Jansson has seven blocks in nine games um uh, Albert Johansson has five blocks, four hits in nine games. Adam Ning has five blocks, 13 hits in nine games. And they're contributing offensively. I mean, you know, the game-winning goal from Albert Johansson the other day when he pretty much went bar down with like seconds to go. They're, the confidence of Ferristad is beyond any other team in the, in the well, in, of the remaining teams, I should say. Uh, maybe maybe Ludio are up there right now because they're kind of feeling it as well, but... I'm really enjoying Firestar, watching Firestar right now. Yeah, and then uh, the other series, of course, we should uh, talk about uh, Lulio yeah. and Fralunda. And um, I don't know. After last night's game, I think that might have been uh, might have been curtains for Fralunda going down three to one against Lulio, who has been just so strong this postseason. I'm a little bit surprised that they've dropped to three to one in the series because they had such a such a strong opening series um, in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Uh, They're getting outworked. Yeah, Lulio just just seems to be uh, a little bit too much for them to handle right now. Yeah, and they outshot Lulio fourteen to four in the first period. They were up fifteen to five about four minutes into the second period uh, yesterday, and Lulio still went up one nothing in the. No, they went up one nothing in the second. Uh, beautiful pass from Pontus Andreasson to Johanne Turvainen. Uh, a backhand pass uh, on the move, kind of. Getting threading it around a D-man, which was, and it was a beautiful pass. If you haven't seen the goal, check it out on Twitter or uh, at the SHL website because 
you don't see those kind of plays in the SHL that often. It's it's a pretty common pass in the NHL and in, in the NHL, I'd say the the two on one kind of backhand pass on the far post. But this was a bit of a stretch on the pass as well. And uh, Jesus, what a goal! Yeah, it was a it was a perk. Well, it was also a great outlet pass as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was a perfect uh, tape to tape pass that was just an easy kind of tap home. Um, on that, that note, uh, actually. Yeah, it was Sami Lepista without that pass. And I think he's on an eight-game point streak right now. I'm going to check it out. He's having himself quite the playoffs. Really? Uh, yeah. Give me a second. I'm. I, he might have gone without a point the game before last. Nope. He's on a point streak. Uh, he's had points in... Give me a second. It's loading. Uh, 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 two, four, seven. Damn it. No, he's on a six-game point streak. Sorry, but he's had two goals and six assists on those <laughs> six games. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> he's currently fifth overall in the postseason for points with uh, with ten. Uh, Pontus Andreasen also has ten, and then uh, Linus Omerk leading all players with twelve. So uh, Lulio is uh, he's got there has got some guys really uh, putting up some good numbers uh, offensively. Yeah, that was one hell of a pickup by Lulio in the midseason getting Sami Lepista here. He's we should keep in mind that Lepista is 37 years old. He's turning 38 in October. Wow, really? Yeah, and he's playing like a 23-year-old. He's an Iron Man. That, he that hasn't, I did not realize. Dude, he hasn't been below 24 minutes in his past ten, eight games. Wow. He's well. He wow. has never been below twenty game, twenty minutes, actually, since his arrival. And he's he played well. It was I think it must have been overtime. Yeah, he's been he's top. The most ice time he's had is thirty four minutes forty eight seconds in playoffs. He's he's an Iron Man. He's that's, that's he, a lot of minutes. Yes, and no, actually, uh, thirty six minutes two seconds uh, on the, against in the deciding game against Erbu. So yeah. And he's just chugging along like an old old school uh, steam locomotive. Just keep on going. That's insane. Yeah. And then they've got Eric Gustafsson, who's also, you know, eating up minutes. Dude! <laughs> I just checked his game log. On that deciding game against Erbro, Gustafsson played 40 minutes, three seconds. Wow. <laughs> But I think it was just triple overtime, wasn't it? Or at least double overtime. So, but but still, yeah. yeah so Lugo are, yeah, Jesus. Um, is Pontus Andreas on the biggest surprise? Maybe not in the play in the playoffs as well, but in terms of adapting to the SHL, he just came in and just went with it. Yeah, but I mean, he he does have experience in Swedish hockey, right? So. He's only had one one game with Trelona in the SHL before, so... Was that it, is, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. to Hockey Etan and Hockey Alsanskan after that, so... So, so yeah. That's, uh, yeah, so it's actually, I think he's on one of the nominees for the Rookie of the Year, right? Uh, yeah, I believe he is. I th- I'm going to look it up because I think we should go the, through uh, the uh, nominees. Give me some. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an impressive kind of... Uh, I don't know, jump right into the big league for exactly. Andreasen because, I mean, he had 38 points in the regular season, uh, which was a, which is a better point total than either of his seasons in Hockey El Svenskin. 
Yeah. Um, and now, yeah. Spoke to him a couple, goals, couple of months ago. Three assists in, in the postseason. So the guy's absolutely yeah. lighting it up. And, I mean, maybe that can that, that speaks to how good Lulio is as a team in general because, you know, he's not doing these things alone. But it's still an impressive, uh, impressive jump up to the big league for him. Yeah, I spoke to him a couple of mo- uh, months ago right now, I guess, uh, for the, the kind of the SHL Spotlight <laughs> articles. And he said he's, 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 been, he's been able to kind of play his game. Had he been with Ferlunda the entire time, now he's probably had, have had to grind it out in the third or fourth line, kind of getting those five, seven minutes a game. And going down and playing hockey at Dunn and Hockey at Svenskan, he's been able to kind of play his game and grow with it. And that's why he's having that much success in the SHL, because he hasn't had to adapt he's just been able to play his game and once Ludo kind of signed him they signed him to be the player he's been the entire time so he's been able to to hone anything he's had to work with which is why he's having his success that's that's I think that's a pretty pretty sober way to look at it yeah absolutely so uh, great on him and I, I I just read a rumor the other day that he might be going to the Detroit Red Wings as well so so we'll see what happens yeah and uh, you know what's kind of cool, actually, is um, three of the four teams remaining in the postseason uh, haven't won uh, a championship in at least uh, 12 years. Faristad was uh, a champion back in 2010, 2011. Lulio, of course, hasn't won it since 96, and Rogla's never won it. So it looks like uh, we're going to have uh, a new winner, at least uh, uh, for for the first time in more than a decade. Yeah, I think Faristad will, will kind of pull it off. But it would be really cool if Lulio did. Yeah. Because um, really, obviously, really cool. you know, Ferlando has won it a couple times in the last few seasons. And yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it was kind of going back and forth between uh, between them and the Lakers kind of thing. So it's uh, it's nice to see uh, uh, some 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 new championship, uh, a new championship team arising uh, for the first time in, in many years. For sure. You want to jump to the awards? Yes. I got the nominees, nominees here. Absolutely. <laughs> So we already know, you know, the top scorer and stuff like that. So, uh, and the winner of what best goalie? What it's not? It's the t- statistical best goalie. So it's not goalie of the year. That's Jonas Enroth and uh, Rugle won the regular season. Ryan Lash is the top uh, top scorer and top goal scorer is uh, Max Verano. So we got the nominees for rookie of the year, the defenseman of the of the year, goalie of the year, and uh, forward of the air. So where do you want to start? Uh, you choose. Nominees for Rookie of the Year are uh, Pontus Andreasson of Lulio, Simon Edison of Ferlunda, and Linus Carlson of Celestio. And I don't think Edvinson will be... I think he, he's, he's the, the odd man out here, and I don't think he'll, he'll be the winner. I think it's between Linus Carlson and Pontus Andreasson. And if I have to choose... It's so close, man. I, I would really have is. to give the edge to Carlson, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because, because he was such a key piece of Halefti this year. I mean, he had he 25 was, goals, I think. He led them in goals and was second overall in points, if I'm not mistaken, on one of the most offensive powerhouses in the entire league. Yeah. So he had 26 goals and 46 <clears throat> points in total, which makes him the third, but well, actually tied for second in goals in the league. Uh, in Cheleftio, that's 
Uh, first in goals by nine, we should mention. And like you said, uh, second in points behind Jonathan Johnson, who had 52, actually. Um, <clears throat> going to Pontus Andreasson, he had... I don't think he had that many goals. Uh, yeah, just, he, just going back to Carlson for one second, sorry. he also had 179 shots on net. Holy shit! In, 50 That's to, a in lot. 52 games played. Compare that to Andreasson, who had 89, and yeah. Edvinson, who had 79. Jesus. So he outpaced the other two, well, one by 100 and the other by 90 shots. That, that's one point, basically 1.8 goals a game. Shots. Yeah, sorry, it's shots. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit crazy. It's Ovechkin style. Yeah. Had he the most shots on goal in the league? No, he had No. Did anyone make the 200 mark? That's a good question, and I do not know. Yes, Tyrade, 203. 20, oh, yeah, 203. Well, there you go. That's but yeah, so a lot. I'd have to give the edge to Carlson, but I mean, Andreasen also had a great season. Yeah, and I they only count the regular season, I guess. So, because Andreasen is having himself quite the playoffs. So, yeah, Linus Carlson, I would assume, will be rookie of the year. Uh, moving on to defenseman of the year, the nominees are Joel Person, uh, Jonathan Pudas, and actually, Sami Lepista. That's interesting. Quite interesting because Lepista only played. Hang on. Give me a second. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Lepista played. He only played 39. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Pudas only played 42, actually. So Joel Person had 50, 50 games played. Um it would be kind of easy to say Sami Lepista because he came in with that prowess and he's been a force since his arrival, really. But I think my money goes to Joel Person. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I, it again, I think it comes down to like, you know, the impact they had on, on their team in general kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think Person would probably be take, take the nod on that one as being one of the most, uh, impactful players on his or defenseman on his team i would assume so yeah he's been his 200 foot game has been really good i really ah he also had 129 shots on net which for for a defenseman is insane yes um i i would uh, i would think it's the old person it would be kind of cool if it was simon lepista but he's been playing too few games, I think. Actually, it's, it's, I just want to point out the fact that Julius Honka had 152 shots on goal. Wow. In 46 games also. <laughs> but we should also point out just how consistent Jonathan Pudis is as a defenseman yeah. here in the SHL because it seems like he is always one of the nominees for defenseman of the year. He is just such a consistent performer on the blue line. And, I mean, it's, uh, it's fun watching him. Yeah, yeah, he is. You can always feel when he's on the ice because there's he, he plays with an I don't want to say an aura, but it's pretty much an aura. He's he's uh, he's something else out there. It's really cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, my money is on Joel Person here. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that. And then goalie of the year. <sighs> Gustav Lindvall, Christopher Riefalk, and Jonas Enroth. 
And to me, even though the other two has had have had uh, good seasons, I'm a surprised that Joel Lasenanti wasn't nom- nominated, and b there can't be anyone else than Jonas Enroth. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. I think he's just kind of a he- heads and shoulders above the other two with with his performance this season. I mean, yeah, he just the the stats really speak for themselves and. I mean, not saying obviously that a Rebro isn't uh, a good team, but at the same time, you look at uh, how how a Rebro finished in the standings uh, compared to you know um, Refolk with Arogla. Uh, I think <clears throat> I think Enroth definitely had the biggest impact on his team and uh, put up just absolutely incredible incredible stats between the pipes with a Rebro. A nine two three, uh, actually nine two three three save percentage, six shutouts, uh, a GAA in. Uh, Actually, 2.00, 23 wins in 42 games. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Nope. Actually, he had 999 saves. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's Enroth. It I'd can't ha- be anyone else. I'd have to give it to Enroth for sure. Yeah. And forward over the year. This is interesting, though. We have Ryan Lash. We have Linus Omark. We have Max Verano. I think that's interesting because I don't think that's uh, as given as you might think. So Linus Omar, 21 goals, 37 assists for 58 points. Max Verano, 34 goals, 26 assists for 60 points. And obviously Ryan Lash, 13 goals, 53 assists for 66 points. Uh, I think this one's going to be hard. And I, I, you know what, I, I hate to, push Linus Omark out of the conversation, but I think Lash and Verano were on a level of their own this season with what they were doing individually with Verano scoring all those goals, Lash breaking the assist record. I think it's definitely going to come down to either Verano or Lash and it's, it's going to be tough. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. I, you can't say one way or the other to, to be fair. No, actually, if we're looking at plus minus Verano has the clear edge here as well, because he's plus 18. Wow, really? Ryan Lash is actually minus one. Interesting. Because a lot of the points from Ryan Lash came on the power play, I think. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, out of the 66 points, 35 came on the power play. Yeah, so that's... And if you look at at Verno... Oh my god. Uh, had a... I can't even find his power play points. Verano also had 183 shots on that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously, Lash is uh, more of a playmaker than a scorer, so it's not fair to compare his, his 70 shots on that, but still. So out of the 34 goals Verano scored, five were on the power play. That's it, eh? Yeah. Wow. That's insane. He only had 12 points on the power play. Yeah, my money's on Max Verano here. I think I'd have to say Verano as well. I mean... Uh, I, you know, I don't think it'll factor into the decision-making, but you also have to look at kind of uh, what a resurgence he had this season after having a, a very mediocre season with Oscar Sean last year. Yeah, but gee, and also if you take into account the, the importance, like you mentioned uh, before to his team, can you, without, I don't, know, I don't know if you just checked it, but do you know how many goals their second best goal scorer had in Lexan? Um, Take I'm not a looking guess. at uh, 18. 12. Wow. Are you serious? Mikael Rohama had 12 goals. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, Holy in smokes. terms of importance to his team, I think we have a winner. Yeah, he... So... Yeah, he had almost three times as many goals as the next yes. goal scorer on his team. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he also had 12 points more than uh, Carter Camper, who was second overall in points on that yeah. team as well. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, impact on your team, I, I think uh, Verona would take it there because, I mean, for Lunda, it's just a fantastic team start to finish. And, I mean, not to take away anything from what Lash did, obviously he broke the the single-season assist record, which in and of itself is is an incredible accomplishment. But when it comes to individual <laughs> impact on the team, I think Verona definitely takes it there. And I uh, uh, should also mention he, uh, he got a well-earned contract from the San Jose Sharks. Yes, yes, that's, well, also, I think that's really... Who also managed to uh, scoop up Strauss Mann. Yeah, too bad for us because I, I'm sad to see Strauss Mann go, but we were kind of talking about this throughout the season that it was bound to happen, really. Oh, yeah. Because he's had one hell of a season. I just want to point out that uh, Max Bernal scored 22.97% of all the Lexham goals this season. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, my money is on Max Bernal. Too bad he's uh, he won't be coming back, but yeah. What can you say? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I, I really hope he, he has success uh, in San Jose. I mean, me too. You, well, you, done, don't, you don't always see, um, I mean, uh, success in the SHL translate to success in the NHL, but it's it's not uncommon to see. And so, and I mean, Verano's only 26 years old. He's arguably coming into the prime of his career right now. So it would be great to see him uh, put together put together a decent NHL career, be, uh, get, you know, getting kind of springboarded from uh, from this season in the SHL. Yes, and it goes to show that the SHL is actually actually is a good springboard for North American players who kind of want to uh, get a resurgence of their career, if that's the right term here, given that he's only twenty six. But uh, he had he did he has played a couple of NHL games. He has yeah, it, uh, NHL games on his account. So sixteen actually with Ottawa. Sixteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, sixteen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and two goals, two assists so far. So uh, I was kind of. I kind of thought he'd make, you know, make a run for it with the with the Maple Leafs after being traded there uh, well, two seasons ago. But I think the uh, the pandemic kind of came in the way, and I've been enjoying him playing in Sweden as much as he, he he has. And he's leaving, or he might be coming back. We don't know, but he's leaving with seventy eight points in seventy six games in the SHL, which is yeah. uh, good. Should also mention as well, uh, he actually went undrafted. He was never drafted yeah. by an NHL team. He came right out of Princeton University and signed a, a contract with Ottawa and then ended up actually playing 12 games with Ottawa after his final season in Princeton. Um, so it's uh, kind of a cool story for, for Max Verano. It really is. So good on him. Um, speaking of signings, I want to talk... Actually, I want to talk about your Gordon before we go into uh, signings in the SHL. Have you seen what they're doing right now with in terms of getting players and personnel in? Uh, I've, I've kind of been keeping up a little bit with it, but it almost seems like they're trying to do what HV71 did this season and put together uh, uh, like a, de- a fairly decent SHL squad uh, for, for yes. Olsenskin. And I might be wrong, but out of the... Uh, I got it in front of me. One, two, three nine players they've got signed i can only find one 
who hasn't played junior hockey with Hugh Gordon. Really? Yes. So they're they're bringing back a bunch of hometown boys. I'm not too sure about Team Sud. Look, I'm gonna check him out. Give me a second. But I think he's a Hugh Gordon guy as well. No. Give me a second. No, my bad. He's he's born and raised in in the north of Sweden, so that's on me. Sorry. Uh, okay. Then it's two. But I mean, <laughs> they've signed so far. Well, actually, their roster looks like Colleen Bowman on in net is uh, actually quite a promising goalie so far. Um, Linus Anderson and Ludwig Hedstrom on the D, and we got Felix Forsberg. Team Sutherland, Marcus Kruger, Dattel Brodin, Ludwig Rensfeld, and Rensfeld and John Norman up front so far. Uh, that's that's a good lineup in the SHL. Yeah, absolutely. They've got both Kruger and Brodin despite being relegated, which is yeah. And they they, they both signed uh, four year deals, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And John Norman is, I think, he could be a bit of an underrated player coming in here. Uh, really, so uh, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, Making I don't know where, where he came from. He's thirty-one. He came. From, wow. Okay, he came from Jokerit, actually. I also find had... it funny that he's Swedish and his name is John Norman. <laughs> it's like the most American name I've ever heard. <laughs> That's true, actually. Actually, John Norman has a Swedish championship to his name with the with Kleftio from 2013-14. Cool. Oh wow! Yeah, he's also got Good some him. KHL games under his belt with Jokaret and uh, Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod as well. Yeah, that's a decent signing. Yeah, cool. I, yeah, that is interesting. I've, I've never heard that name before, but obviously, uh, that's a that's a good pickup for your Gordon. Yeah, I'm quite impressed so far. I'm. Already looking forward to see what they'll be capable of in the in the Hockey Elsenska next season. Um, cool, to say the least. Should we go through some other signings? Because there's been some movement. And obviously, yes. I don't know if we... Did we talk about Matt Tompkins or should we start talking about... Yeah, let's, let's, let's start there because uh, I think both of us were expecting Tompkins to leave the league after this season, getting uh, maybe offers from some of the higher paying teams, maybe Switzerland or KHL kind of thing. I mean... KHL with the situation is going on is, is a much less attractive league to most players at the moment. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that we had a, a lateral move from Matt Tompkins this uh, this offseason. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to see what he's he'll be capable of. Obviously, I think that spells the end of Dominic Furch. Should, uh, I don't think they, they can have both super high-end goalies in terms of SHL at least uh, on the roster. I'm not sure, but it, I, mm, we'll see. But it's, I mean, if, if that's the case, then they've got one hell of a replacement to Dominic Verge, that's for sure. Yeah. And we should point out that that Ferrystad are kind of known for their goalie coaches. So maybe Tompkins actually can raise his game even further in the SHL here. And, uh, once again, use it as a springboard for something else. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, maybe that is his thinking. You know, he he had a good season, obviously, here in the SHL. Perhaps rather than trying to jump at something new right away, he's uh, taking a bit more mature approach, trying to improve his game even more that could potentially uh, help him, you know, adjust or pick up to uh, uh, an NHL contract. So, yeah. And did I talk? Are we done with Tompkins? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Did I talk about 
I know I mentioned it to a mutual friend of ours, but did I tell you or my thoughts about Oscar Sam signing other more more Czech players? Uh, no. Okay, I, I I mentioned it to Henrik, our our friend at the SHL, uh, and lo and behold, yesterday, no, actually uh, a couple of days ago, sorry, um, no, yesterday, they signed according to Elite Prospects at least, uh, Jiri Jiri Schmeichel, S M E J K A L. Yeah, I saw that uh, for, actually. Uh, did you check him out? No. So he's a, according to Elite Prospects, he's a left wing or center, a left shooting, 192 centimeters, 101 kilograms, which translates to six foot four, 223 pounds. Damn, he's so a big boy. A big boy. Uh, 25 years old, uh, coming over from Pelicans in the SM Liga, where he had 25 goals and 20 assists in 44, uh, 44 games last season. Uh, prior to that, he played with Tapara where he had 26 points, uh, nine of them being goals in 48 games. So, Oh, he played in the in the dub as well with Kamloops and Moose Jaw. Hey, how about that? That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think prior to that, he played with uh, Sparta Prague. And we, don't, we shouldn't really read in too much of that because he was obviously three years younger, 22 at the time. So he's coming into his own now. And I think this is, a, I mean, based on his stats, I haven't really seen him play, but I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, that's uh, that. It definitely is uh, an interesting uh, pickup for for Oscar Schum for sure. Yeah, and he's leaving the league with uh, seventy one points, thirty four of them being goals in ninety two games. Good for him and good for Oscar Schum. Uh, do we dare guess that the Zihorna brothers are staying and they're just continuing? Uh, well, Heinrich Zihorna is players? is listed on their roster for next season, but um, uh, Thomas Thomas is not. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's just not a done deal. Yeah, but I mean, they are keeping obviously some big, uh, some big pieces from from this uh, this year's team. Cameron Brace has signed on for at least two more seasons. Patrick Carlsquist will be returning as well. Um, Daniel Mazito Begindo is coming back. Um, I mean, both Joe Canada and Tim Ewell are signed on for next season, so they still have some core pieces uh, of this year's team that are, are staying with the team. And Joe, Joe Canada is kind of, I think he's poised for a bounce back season. He's been dealing with injuries and, you know, honestly, a bit of a sloppy player. I don't think he'll have that tw- two seasons in a row. So they're kind of set on the goalie front there uh, with a nice tandem. Team Jewel has been, he played lights out in the playoffs. I, I'm very impressed by him. You know what's um, kind of cool about uh, Joe Canada? He's born in Vancouver. No, but he did appear at a game for Vancouver. <laughs> Whenever you go, you know what's kind of cool? Or, hey, did you know this about this Canadian? I'm going you know, something around, Joe around Vancouver. Joe is American. Oh, that's true. He is. From Whitfield, is Massachusetts. Oh, how about that? <laughs> well, yes, Vancouver Canucks legend, Joe Canada. Fuck off. <laughs> So a bit of bit of a call ups. Uh, the Milwaukee Admirals has uh, called up Adam Willsby from Colleftio. Pontus Holberg is bound for the Toronto Marlies. Uh, Jesse Virtanen is rumored to be leaving Ferrisdat. Obviously, Ferrisdat still playing. We won't know about that before the end of the season. We talked about Jiris Mekal. David Drautio has signed with uh, Linköping, making team. Where, sorry, he's signed with Timro, leaving Linköping. Sorry, uh, making it uh, double. Uh, goalie tandem with former Linköping goalies in team role with Jacob Johansson. And there were no surprise to us that uh, Ryan Yemi 
was to leave. We've been uh, kind of, <laughs> I've been quite hard on him. On him. Uh, any other news? Christoph Sile leaves Arbro. Linus Anderson leaves Lexan. I don't know, care about that. And the, on Wednesday, there was confirm, confirmation that Brian Cooper has signed with Vecchia Lakers. Hmm. Which is, is there, I mean, there are a lot of players you kind of love to watch. And Brian Cooper really is one of them. I think, I think this is a great signing, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, obviously uh, the Lakers had a bit of a a disappointing exit to the postseason, but looking forward to next year. uh, Yeah, I think this is, uh, it could work out well for them. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yes. Uh, I'm mixed in some Swedish there. How about that? Got very Swedish. Yeah, yeah, it's guy. I prata svenska. Hey, one of the massive signs to me is actually Skellefteå landing Anton Olsson from Malmo. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about the role model? His role model in terms of play, Anton Olsson. No, I don't think so. Jake Musson. Really? Yes. That's you don't hear that model. a lot. Yeah, but you know. Bit of a greedy player, bit of a well with, with a great shot, and uh, he doesn't take uh, no for an answer in front of the net. So I kind of like that. And, and honestly, Anton does as well. He told me <laughs> he's a cool guy. I like Anton also. Interesting. Uh, Malmö are dropping and uh, Kalasman, Dosh Brigman, Yasras Man. We talked about Joachim Talin has been confirmed to be leaving Oscar Sam as well as uh, Philip Sanson. Anders Lindback is rumored to be joining Brinas. I think that spells the end of Veni Vevelainen, maybe. Tobias Reader has extended with uh, Vekwe. And Tom Nilsson has signed with Erbro, leaving Jurgården. Wow. Well, that's, that's interesting in many ways, because as I think it was in January, he said that anyone with a Jurgården heart will work uh, to get them out, out of this. And uh, now he's off. Um, I don't put too much into that, but that's uh, obviously some some fans are. Niklas Burström has signed with Oscar Sam. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, uh, pretty much of, covers uh, it. Yeah, Max Lindholm has signed from AIK to Kolefjö. We knew that. Uh, Stefan Loibel is leaving Kolefjö. That's too bad. Let's is Jace Her. How do you pronounce it? Harlick. Harlick. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Pretty close. Mm, other than that, I don't think we have anything to kind of. Well, Matthias Ward actually. I didn't. I didn't pick up that. Matthias Ward from Mora is rumored to be signing with Lulio. And where did Matthias Ward play before he played in Mora? That's a good question. I have no idea. Lean chipping. Oh well, there you go. Um, oh, you know what's so... a, a cool fact about Jace Howerluck? Oh, he's been playing with the Vancouver Canucks. He played 30 games with the Canucks last season. We talked about that <laughs> when he signed here. Uh, yes, yes, I'm aware. <sighs> so if you're on if you're on the bingo card, we've mentioned Lynn Chapping, we've mentioned Vancouver too many times. And I think that spells the end of this episode. Yeah, I think that just about does it. But uh, we have, uh, well, I mean, games every day as long as these two series continue. <laughs> um, tonight tonight is uh, game number four against Farius, for uh, Farius and Rogo Puck Drop at 7.30. Uh, tomorrow, Lulio has a chance to finish things off against Forest or for Lunda. That is a uh, 3.15 afternoon start. And then uh, Sunday, Forest at Aroba 
Game number five goes at 2.30 in the afternoon. Bit of an odd 2.30? How about that? So, yeah, full weekend of hockey at least. But both of these series could be wrapped up by uh, by Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And uh, we do uh, want to pay our, uh, well, say thank you to all our patrons because you're sticking with us, even though we're not putting out these shows we are. And actually, before I thank our patrons, there might be work changes coming up for yours truly. And uh, yeah, it might affect the podcast in terms of, uh, I don't know. Really, That's okay. You'd be because... easier to replace. I'll find a new co-host. Yeah, that's I, I can see that. <laughs> that's okay. So if you want to apply, uh, write to us at uh, I'm better than Dave at uh, gmail.com and I'll be uh, okay. Uh, thank you, Henrik, Eric, Adam, Darlene, and Tom, Linus, Tobias, and Anton for your much appreciated support. We should put out a patron only episode and we should do it next week. Sure. I have the exact topic for us heavy metal albums and Sabaton in particular. Perfect. Yes. All right. Thanks very much for uh, listening, guys. Again, apologies for not putting out as many episodes as we'd like, but, uh, you know, life kind of gets in the way sometimes. So uh, we really appreciate your listening. Uh, really appreciate your support. And, uh, of course, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, and support your local business. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk later. Thank you.